this show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and center in your life, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you know someone else that would get value from the show as well, please share it with them. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Hello, and today I'm so honored to have my guest as Nicole Bathurst. Welcome, Nicole. Thanks, Beth. So good that you're joining me here today. So I actually was on Nicole's Facebook Live a little while ago talking about my passion subject, sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, as everybody who knows me, I um, know that this is a foundation of well-being, but Nicole brings something else to the conversation today. So let's begin by finding out a little bit more about yourself and tell us what it is that you do, Nicole. Thanks, Bev. Um, such a pleasure to be here. I, um, so I've been a dietitian for nearly 30 years and I got breast cancer about six years ago and it changed a lot of things in my life. I went through a you know, big up- upheaval. Probably what's happened most recently is that I now work with women who have had cancer and basically help them to choose cancer kicking foods so that they can now thrive and live a long and healthy life. So tell us a little bit more about that well-being journey with, with cancer. Um, so my journey personally? Yep, just a little bit, whatever you're willing to share with us today, just to set the context. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I... Um, I was, I was diagnosed uh, when I was 48 and I honestly was the last person I thought who would ever get cancer because I had, I'd been a dietitian, you know, at back then so, um, for about 30 years. I'd always eaten healthy and I had, um, had a girlfriend die of um, breast cancer herself about um, six years prior to that. And so that had really started me on a, a serious journey of getting rid of things like, you know, toxic smells and body products. And I'd hadn't worn perfume and, and had started to do a lot more juicing and green smoothies. So when I got breast cancer, it was a real shock. And uh, as things sort of played out, one of the things I started to realize after I got cancer was that there was a lot of stress in my life. And I didn't know how to deal with that stress because that stress was actually coming from my husband of nearly 20 years. And what ended up happening very quickly is that I I woke up. I woke up to the fact that I was in a toxic, abusive uh, relationship and I needed to get out. And uh, and I I can look back now and see that I was using alcohol to anesthetize myself. And um, that basically I was living with a lot more stress than, than I realised. So my self-care had been really good, but my emotional well-being um, had really, I, I wasn't taking care of that at all. I, I really just didn't value my self-worth. And yeah, had, you know, it's very difficult to explain when you're caught up in something like that. And unless you've been through it, um, but people who've been through it understand the waking up, you know, when you wake up and go, oh my gosh, it isn't all my fault. <laughs> you know, it's just, 
yeah, it was, I feel so, I feel so grateful. Like today I'm still incredibly grateful for the journey that cancer put me on. So yeah, cut a long story short, I, I left about um, 15 months after I got breast cancer. Oh, look, amazing story. A door opened up and I went and um, spent eight months in Thailand um, teaching English in a, um, uh orphanage. And uh, yeah, almost like had my eat, pray, love experience, I call it. And uh, yeah, so just amazing, Bev. That's amazing. And I think the area of expertise that you're working in now is so needed because, yes, people have diagnoses, you know, almost every day, sadly, around mm. things like breast cancer. Mm. What I was thinking of is, so let's say you've gone through all the treatments. What are the residual thoughts that hang around with you, even when the doctor's given you an all clear? Uh, it, it never leaves you. And this has been an interesting, you know, the, every person who's had cancer that I've spoken to, it never leaves you. It's always in the back of your mind. It's like this little little grey cloud hanging at the back of you. And sometimes it comes closer, sometimes it's 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 far away. But you know, you, every every little thing that happens to you, whether it's a pain here that doesn't go away or you know, everything that happens, you kind of think, Oh, is that is that something I need to be concerned about? So it really is it's about finding that for me, I found it's about finding that balance doing all the things that I know um, to do to keep myself optimally healthy and to work on my mindset and to know that, you know, as long as I am doing all those things that I know that I have control over, because at the end of the day, Bev, we, we can't control everything. And, you know, although, you know, the majority of lifestyle diseases, including cancer, is because of our own diet and lifestyle. They reckon that it's only about 5 to 10%, which is um, as a result of genetics these days. I mean, even the family history of cancer, it has been debunked. That's kind of how I, you know, move forward. And what are some of the unknown or the, the less known risk factors that we don't even consider that we would contribute to the cancer returning? You know, you know, the biggest one that I am surprised about is alcohol. I am just so surprised at the amount of women who have never heard that the relationship between alcohol and breast cancer is as strong as the relationship between smoking and lung cancer. Alcohol is huge and it just doesn't have any redeeming features whatsoever. And I, I am not coming from a place of, of judgment because I so get the tentacles of, of alcohol. I know that, you know, for me, alcohol was the thing that gave me relief from having to think. Not that I was even aware of that, but I know that alcohol anaesthetized me to, to what was going on. And I also get, I also get the, the addiction to, to things like that. You know, I, I grew up, watching my um, beautiful mum struggle with her weight, struggle with emotional eating. I struggled with emotional eating. I, I battled bulimia in my late teens, early 20s. I have a very addictive nature. So for me, giving up alcohol was actually easier than trying to limit it to just one glass. I mean, I, I'm the same with, with most things. I find it easier not to have those, those tempting things in the house 
because I'm not the sort of person who can just have one square of chocolate, you know, and walk away. You know, <laughs> it calls me. <laughs> so alcohol is, is the biggie for me. I think too, the second one is thinking that you're eating a healthy diet. And I come across this time and time again where women will say to me, yeah, I, you know, I've made some changes. I've read some books and I've made some changes. And they have. They've made some really big changes for them. And compared to everybody else around them, they are eating really healthy. But when I take a look at what they're eating on a day-to-day -day basis, I can see some really big gaps. And at best, those gaps mean that they're, they're not losing weight, they're not sleeping well, um, they're not regular, they're, they're still anxious, but at worst, they're not optimising their health and boosting their immune system so that their body is able to, you know, repel cancer again. Mm. So that's probably the, the second one. And the third one, I would say, is stress, which you know all about. You know, we just, we are just, I think we're just anaesthetised to the stress in our life. We're just so used to this cycle, you know, as, as um, Dr. Libby Weaver would say, you know, that whole rushing women syndrome where we're winding down with, with wine and we're, you know, revving up every morning with coffee and we're just on the go all the time and we just, we don't know how to step off. And so stress is huge. And I think, you know, the research is showing um, just how damaging stress can be um, on our health. Yeah, those are three really good examples right there. And mm. the mm. thing is, is I get that alcohol seems to be the most socially accepted thing. And I think on the other end of that spectrum would be something like sugar. So mm. sugar's in everything. There's sugar in alcohol. It's kind of like wherever you turn, it's, it's kind of celebrate with alcohol, celebrate with sugar. You know, if you're sad, celebrate with, you know, have the alcohol, have the sugar. So it's really um, a challenge, I think, for most of us to just know what is the appropriate thing to do with that. And I think I'm with you about, you know, if you feel that you're not the person who can moderate mm. something like alcohol, then actually rather not having it at all and not having it mm. at home is a better choice because then you don't get the decision fatigue mm. of, oh, should I have it or shouldn't I have it? Or just maybe one glass. You could use your energy better for something else. Carl, on your website, you talk about doing everything you can do to reduce your risk of cancer returning. So what do you mean by that? I think to um, look at it, it's more than just food. Obviously, being a dietitian, I am all about food and understand how important that is uh, for optimal health. But there's so many more things as well. And I think that, um, you know, starting, I don't want to overwhelm anybody, but it is starting a journey of understanding that it's not just the food, it's the, the creams and the perfumes and all those smelly things we put on our body every single day. It's the, um, the cleaning products. It's, you know, the EMFs. It's just there are so many things that can contribute to undermining our health. And in the last, you know, 100 years, we've introduced just thousands upon hundreds of thousands of chemicals into our environment. And, you know, whether it's, it's we're smelling them or putting them on our body or they're getting into our food, we are just bombarded. And it's, it's just 
it's just so difficult to control everything. So I just try and encourage my clients to start a journey of when your face cream runs out, look at an alternative that is chemical and toxic free, that's organic. Just go organic wherever you can. And yeah, doing those things that uh, detox your body from time to time. I've got a a near-infrared sauna that I use. I still do coffee enemas from time to time. I did them a lot when I first got cancer. You know, even fasting, even doing some intermittent fasting, you know, I think fasting is one of those things that has come to the forefront in a lot of um, studies and showing us that our body has this incredible ability to heal. And, you know, we all eat too much. And, you know, even if it's just as simple as not eating dinner one night a week, you know, you're giving your body a little bit of a break and helping your body to um, do the detoxing. If that seems too big, then I really encourage people to try and stop eating by six o'clock at night, have dinner early, and then shut the kitchen and walk away, which means that by the time you're going to bed, your, um, your food has been digested and then your liver can do what it's supposed to do overnight, which is detox. And, uh, and then, of course, when you wake up in the morning, please make sure you have a big glass of water um, you know, with some lemon juice in it if you want to, but it's really important to um, hydrate first thing in the morning. So just so many little things, isn't there, that, you know, you can do to um, just to help your body, assist your body, um, you know, detoxing and, and keeping healthy. And then, of course, there's all those, you know, other things like exercising, moving your body and then, you know, relaxation and meditation and um, stretching and, yeah, all, all those things. There's a lot that we can do. To me, that's what I would call just a holistic way of living. Yeah. So you basically, yes, obviously your pillars of your health are going to be your food, your exercise and your sleep. But it's not just that. It's also about managing your emotions. And it was interesting. Mm -hmm. I read a study about the incidence of breast cancer. Every single woman in that particular study all had some traumatic thing to do with love Mm. they had either lost someone they were in a difficult marriage they and i read it with real interest yes it is all the things we've mentioned all the food all the things but your emotions play such a huge role in your whole well-being Mm. and also even the way you think yeah so the the way that you either ruminate on negative things because the brain is built that way that we do tend to because it's there to keep us safe Mm. and we tend to look for the negative. So we've got to reinforce the positive with gratitude, look for the good things. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. So it's like you're saying, it's not just, just the food, but the food is a very vital part of that. So if somebody was listening to this and they think, well, I need to start this journey, where would you recommend that they start? I think that one of the biggest gaps that I see is that we really don't understand where the nutrients are in our diet. We don't understand where the phytonutrients are, the antioxidants, the um, the, the powerful phytonutrients that are going to help heal our body. And really, it's so basic because it's fruit and vegetables. You know, fruit and vegetables and uh, whole grains and beans and lentils, are, it's the plant-based foods that hold the key, the unprocessed 
plant-based foods that hold the key to our health. So you don't necessarily have to stop eating animal protein, but I think that we eat way too much animal protein and not enough of the life-giving foods that are going to, going to protect us. And of course, the more a, a, um, a food is processed, it, the more that it's stripped of all of its nutrients. And, you know, it's the fibre and all of those phytonutrients. So we want to eat something that it's a product way back here before the manufacturers get their hands on it and strip it of, of everything. Making sure you're eating enough fibre. You know, fibre is it's more than just making you go to the toilet every day. It um, has these amazing properties where it grabs a hold of um, um, toxins and estrogens and gets them out to the toilet bowl, basically. Um, so making sure that you absolutely are eating enough fibre is imperative. And I like to say that if you need a coffee to go, then you're classified as, as constipated. So we need to, you know, be making sure that we are eating enough fibre. And there isn't any fibre in animal products and dairy and, and liquid oils. So, yeah, that, that's a, you know, you're much better off eating the whole olive with all of the fibre and the nutrients in it than having a tablespoon of olive oil. I guess for anybody who is starting this journey, my guidance to add to Nicole's is shop at the local farmer's market where you know where the vegetables have come from and they haven't been in cold storage so that they are still full of antioxidants and phytonutrients. <laughs> and even if you don't have a local farmer's market, just shop in the fresh produce aisle. Don't even go down those other aisles. There's nothing of value in a bag, box, can or jar. Yep. You know, they're just being created for convenience. Mm. And unfortunately, for anything, in, uh, I don't know, Nicole, if you've ever looked at even things like a soup that's fresh and on the shelf, it's got a shelf life of mm. like months. And you yep. think at home, if you made a fresh soup, You've got two days at best mm. to use that. You would not You would rather put it in the freezer mm. straight away rather than it spoil. So you've got a question when you buy in the, in the, in the shop. Uh, I like that you say, you know, fiber is multi-purpose. It's yeah. Multi and yeah. also fiber, fiber is satiating. Mm. It does make you feel fuller. Mm. And obviously you need to drink enough liquid to make sure that you don't um, create a backlog. But... Um, yeah it's yeah. just I think yeah. all of those things are so important to creating that space where you can thrive and I know that you obviously you mentioned there about plant-based so for anybody who's a bit confused about what that is is we're not saying you need to be a vegan or a vegetarian we're just saying that you need to eat a higher proportion mm. of vegetables and fruits mm. and I think most of the time rule of thumb for me is fill up three quarters of your plate with those things. Mm. And then if you do tolerate legumes and beans, add that as your protein. But what mm. you say is sometimes even thinking outside the square, you know, we, I love making, especially in winter, a beautiful vegetable soup mm. because you can put so many veggies in there. And I've even sometimes put things that you wouldn't typically put in a soup and then I blend it because then you'd never know. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the soup somehow always looks a bit green, but that's okay because it's got spinach and it's got broccoli, it's got all sorts of things in there. Yeah. But that's another way to get a lot of vegetables. Mm. 
and I use the pressure cooker because it takes so such a short time to cook and you don't lose any of the nutrients while while they're cooking but obviously if you can eat stuff raw so we're saying eat eat vegetables eat lots mm. of them and that's going to be your best fighting chance other than all the other things you've mentioned there yeah absolutely absolutely and it's it is like you say thinking outside the box and it's not expensive you know people say oh it's very expensive to eat healthy but you know the research shows that even if you can't eat organic just eating more fruit and vegetables just making sure you wash them you know or peel them if it's if it's a, a vegetable or a fruit that can be peeled and because you know whole grains like brown rice is not expensive you know beans and, and lentils if you tolerate them are not expensive so it is just incorporating those things and okay you, if you want to buy some you know grass-fed organic meat then we're actually not saying to be eating massive amounts i love dr hyman's view of talking about um meat as a condiment you know, so like you say, fill up your plate with, you know, vegetables and uh, whole grains and, you know, legumes and then, you know, a little bit of meat on top. So, yeah, it's, 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 I think it's dispelling some of those myths as well, because what I find is that people get hooked up on the treats and it's the treats that are expensive, you know. <laughs> so, and I say, well, you actually don't need to be having those treats. You can have, you know, a piece of fruit and a handful of nuts. That'll, you know, that's, that's sufficient. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And I think the other thing you mentioned there was, you know, with the legumes is you just need to know how to prepare them properly. Yeah. So that they are bioavailable for you. So, yeah. you know, there's always, yeah. I'm sure there's going to be lots of tips on your website, Nicole, for those type of things. So, what are your tips for living fabulously, Nicole? Ah, oh, you know what? <laughs> to follow your dreams. You know, I, I really, after all that I've been through, it's following your heart and listening to your heart. And I, I, I didn't listen to my heart for a very, very long time and uh, didn't have a voice, wasn't allowed to have a voice. So I am still, you know, exploring that and, and I am following my dreams. And, uh, you know, this the online part of, of what I do now is a big part of that. And, uh, yeah, one day I want to be running retreats, you know, and, and helping as many women as possible find that freedom um, that, that we've found in, in being as healthy as possible. Beautiful. And you can find Nicole Bathurst at her website. It's called naturallynick.com.au. It will be in the show notes for you. And also on Facebook under naturallynickwa. So thanks so much for being with me today. I feel so inspired around this because when I look at you, you think, how could you possibly have been ravaged by cancer? Because you're thriving, you know, your skin is so beautiful. Your eyes are so clear and it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that it's because all of the things that you've put in place. And we spoke at length about the fact that it's not just food only. I think food is a linchpin. Mm. So you're eating yep. pure and clean food. That's your one of your linchpins. But it's also about managing your mental stuff, all the thoughts and the way that you feel about yourself and others and the gratitude that you have and also managing your emotions. So if you resonate mm. with anything in Nicole's story, please visit her website, 
go and read her about me page is just fascinating it's just really wonderful how much she shared because for people like her and I it's by sharing our response to our particular difficult moment in life that we recognize mm. and we can be empathetic and compassionate towards others so if this really resonates with you I'd really invite you to go and have a look and see there and thanks Nicole so much for just sharing the practical nature of how you've actually worked with this so it just means that people can go away and put something into action thanks Bev it was so good to be talking to you <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.